When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Yeah, I like it. my wallet's sitting here holding my phone too, so it's. Well, it'd be even better it, so. if it all falls down. <laughs> <laughs> He's falling apart over here, everybody. All right, here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the shuttle drive. I'm your host Wade Harrison, and today, looky here, who I have, I have my buddy Casey Jones, straight out of Canada, dropping <laughs> knowledge down on me. You know, I'm looking up. I've been looking up to this guy now. Now I'm literally looking up to this guy. Well, today I'm looking over. Is he over here or over there? Over there. Yeah. But um, hey, Casey, buddy. How, yeah. How's it going, man? Going well, man. Just uh, finished a day of teaching kayaking and enjoying out by uh, the Ottawa River. Just enjoying the, the great scene here. And uh, yeah, now cold rough, beer. <laughs> rough day. Rough day. What kind of beer you got there in Canada? So uh, the beer that I'm drinking today is the Whitewater Brewing Company, and it's the Icebreaker IPA. Um, oh, wow. So it's a very dry IPA. Yeah. How about that, guys? Good. This guy has Whitewater. Not only does he live by the Ottawa, but he drinks Whitewater beer as he's looking at Whitewater. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the white zombie yeah. still, so I, I had a I had. I, a I, love, I love the white zombie. I love the white zombie, though. I miss it. <laughs> well, you know. I don't know if it's legal or not, but I might bring some to you to Canada. What a way to get locked up at border. (laughs) (laughs) What I get locked up in Canada for? I was trying to sneak. I'll just just wait to see. I'll just wait to see you this fall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, man, it's good. It's it's good to see you again. Good to talk to you again. And you know, you definitely disappeared and became a Canadian citizen. So um, that's what happens when you get locked down. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you cross the border and now I have to sneak you back maybe somewhere. I'll see, I'll sneak you back somewhere around Minnesota or somewhere like pull oh, you across. They'll, they'll, they'll let me cross back across. It's just whether or not I can come they, back. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, once you come back, that's right. Once you come back here, you might not get back. So, exactly. so kiss your fiance goodbye. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, man, Casey, we'll get right into it. What, um, you know, I'm familiar with the wilderness tours, me and you have talked about that kind of tell me or tell the audience here, like exactly what is the wilderness tours that you got going on up there? Yeah. So wilderness tours is the rafting brand of the company that I, uh, you know, I've, I've moved up here and started working for, and then we operate also as the Ottawa kayak school, but, uh, wilderness tours started in 1975 on the Ottawa river. So if you can imagine, the rapids here on the Ottawa being done in 75, like mm, uh, fiberglass pretty, boats. Pretty, well, fiberglass boats, but then also the rafting, right? Like even thinking about it from like a commercial rafting standpoint, yeah. that would be massive whitewater, um, which is super cool. And uh, you know, the Ottawa River is easily one of the, the premier whitewater spots in the world, just from the standpoint sure. of introduction to whitewater. And, uh, you know, it's really neat because you have features that, and other rivers and other scenarios would be relegated to class four or above. Uh, you have them on day two or three of whitewater kayak classes, you know, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, but uh, and this is the Ottawa rafting. paddling paddling school. Yeah, the Ottawa kayak school. Okay. Yeah, but then Wilderness Tours as the rafting brand is uh, 
you know, kind of like uh, NOC is to its area. Uh, it's the kind of the biggest and, you know, it's definitely in Canada, uh, the entire better. country. I would say it's it's definitely the biggest in this in this area being Ontario, uh, whether it's the biggest in Canada or not. I couldn't speak to that, honestly, but uh, I would say it's it's approaching it if it isn't already. So. Well, it's definitely the best. It's got the best staff. <laughs> It's definitely got the best staff. Whether or not I'm included in that comment's another story. <laughs> well, you know, like like all of my reviews, those are opinion yeah. based. So those are, those are definitely opinion based. And I, your in opinion, my opinion, your, your opinion might not mean much then. <laughs> yeah. So in my opinion, they have the best staff. So when does the mm. is the so the Ottawa Paddling School? That's the Keeners program, right? What, uh, the what Ottawa is... Kayak School has, yeah, so the Ottawa Kayak School has a, a couple of different branches within it. The, uh, the Kayak School operates regular um, kayak classes, like beginner, intermediate, and then we run high-end programs, and we also have kids' programs as well. And then we have high-end programs for kids that we call the Little Rippers Program. So I've heard from, of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so ages under 12 years old. Uh, so that's, you know, if you have a Little Ripper that is not quite old enough for Keeners. We do have a week-long program for those kids. Under 12, so um, how, how young? Can it go down to like 18 six. months? How young? <laughs> uh, our, our youngest is six, so uh, wow. in those programs. In yeah. the whitewater, so, wow. Yeah, in the whitewater. And uh, we have a kids program as well, with uh, six being the youngest as well. Then when it comes to the teens, we have teen camps as well. And yeah. then where the keener question that you ask is kind of like the high end level of the team program. And uh, that is a three week program that's run here on the Ottawa river. Uh, this past year we ran a U.S. based version of that as well, because of the closures of the borders. And since that hadn't opened back up again, we ran a U.S. based keeners and a Canadian based keeners just because of where was the U S um, base set, by the way, it was actually set up on uh, the new Ingali river. Uh, up at oh, East that's Adventures. right. That's what yeah. uh, Stephen Wright and Clay so, were working with, right? So Stephen, yeah. Clay, uh, and then we also had David Silk and Eli Castleberry mm -hmm. and Anna Bruno. So uh, just an all-star crew. That's a solid there. crew right there, guys. Oh, it was it was fantastic, and uh, they they had a really good time, and they ran three two-week sessions uh, there. And then on the Ottawa this year, we had Caleb Grady head coaching and Tyler Curtis coaching the Keener program, which was a three-week and traditionally is a three-week program here. So mm -hmm. the Keener program is exceptional. And then for adults, we again have beginners, intermediates, uh, and then we have an advanced program that we call Adult Keeners. And it follows okay. the same principles as the three-week Keener program, but is condensed down into either a one-week or two-week program. How how often a year do you give that class that that Keeners thing? Is that a one time a year thing, like seasonal? So the Keeners program, like the uh, teenagers program, uh, there are three separate sessions, and then there's an early session slash competition session. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are four different sessions, but they're all except for the comp week are all three weeks each. So yeah. Oh wow! Wow. So there are three week there are three week programs for the and, teenagers. And yeah. I'm guessing that it's pretty seasonal up there. I mean, I know someone like you paddle year round, but um, do, it's, uh, do you stay I'm, in I'm Canada? I'm scared of the cold. I'm scared of the cold. I'm not to, a fan of it. Know, they're, they're... Yeah, to paraphrase uh, Joel Kowalski, uh, there's a period of time when you're paddling on the river in the spring where you're doing what's called house cat paddling. You're just steering around the big waves, trying not to get splashed in the face. <laughs> so you, you know? actually go around them instead of like 
yeah i mean you know you're, you're definitely like trying to stay warm uh you know the first time joel took me paddling in the spring with katie my fiance we went walking across the ice to get to the river part of the frozen river okay so that sounds, the water and that sounds and interesting. it was from someone from the south it was uh it was kind of scary to me because uh <laughs> you're thinking I just, i'm I, gonna fall everything in everything i've ever Everything I've ever seen in movies, people fall through the ice and, they and die. Yes, and they're stuck <laughs> under it, and all you see is their face and the bubbles. I know, I know. And this was before the code and all that bow rocker that was yeah. going to pull me up out of there, you know. Yeah. But, uh, oh wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that in the southeast for anyone that's living in the south or people that listen, we do get frozen lakes and our rivers will freeze up on the side. It does get cold, but forget about walking across it i'm not walking across any river down here in the southeast even though it looks <laughs> like it's fine you'd get halfway just like you said right through <laughs> and yep. then you're stuck yeah yep. yeah so, so yeah so what do you what do you do during the winter i guess you you just shut down all operations and board up everything yeah. and, and go inside so, and... yeah in the fall time when uh we finish the rafting season uh we actually operate uh and help with uh, and outdoor college programs, uh, outdoor skills. So, uh, rafting or rigging, um, whitewater kayaking, whitewater canoe, uh, rock climbing. This skiing, is in the winter, etc. Yeah, this is in the winter. The staff of WT help operate those programs for Algonquin College, okay. the local college here. Oh, that's so awesome. we actually do the outdoor ed- education, uh, the actual hard skills. Our our staff teach those hard skills. Yeah, as well. Yeah, are so you trying? We do that. We do that into the fall, and then obviously it changes over into winter sports like cross-country skiing, downhill skiing, snowboarding, et cetera. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that is good that you can kind of do that there. You can kind of plan that yeah. and, and just evolve to whatever they yeah. need. Now, need to- for me for me personally, as soon as it starts to snow, I try to leave and go south. You're going and to Hawaii south. again? You're going to Hawaii again? Uh, I am definitely going to Hawaii again. <laughs> if you guys get a chance, go over to uh, Casey Casey Jones. Uh, was it Casey Bryant Jones YouTube? What is your actual yeah, YouTube it, channel name? Is it just it, your name? You know, oh, yeah, it's it's my name on everything. So he has yeah. a good video where he went down to Hawaii. Definitely, definitely that. I think you did that last winter, right? Yeah, last winter. So we uh, we wrapped up here and. I think I, I made it back to North Carolina in the beginning of December and then paddled for a few weeks. Uh, yeah, we paddled together when you were here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And then uh, went to Hawaii and uh, man, exceptional, uh, exceptional experience. It looks amazing. And yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible how good that white water is. You know, it, it definitely rivals like a Rio Claro in Chile from the standpoint of just, you know, spectacular waterfalls, mm-hmm. um, basalt rock, like just gourd. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for, for those that are familiar with both places, uh, Joel being one of them, you know, it's like the same style and same love of that style of whitewater can be found in Hawaii, but you have two day Amazon shipping. There's Starbucks two minutes from you know the put in you know you americans and your creature company well you canadians and your (laughs) yeah you're already doing it i think you just said hey yeah hey um yeah and uh, oh god he's gone we've lost him yeah come back to georgia and so you can also you know finish and there's uh down you know down at the bottom of the river you're paddling into the pacific ocean and 
walk across the street and there's a bar there's that's so awesome sushi your places. video looks amazing. like you know yeah. it's wild yeah. it looks yeah, it looks it, it, the scenery there is just immaculate too yeah it's 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 very interesting you know hilo the city of hilo is actually the rainiest city in the united states obviously it's not part of the lower 48 but of all the cities in the u.s it's the rainiest city and so what's interesting is Joel collected a lot of information on rainfall and things of that nature and was able to correlate that through the coldest months of the year. That's when Hilo just happens to be its rainiest, which mm-hmm. means that the river is running very often. <laughs> so uh, it works out it's, let's, well. let's get to, So, yeah, obviously Hawaii, you know, I guess they do have some snowmelt somewhere. Cause I think yeah, there, is- so there, there is a, there's a little bit of snow that falls up on the top of Mauna Kea, which is the big volcano on the Island of Hawaii. But, um, you know, all of this that's falling into the river is mostly rain. You know, it's not nece- necessarily snow, uh, and, snow melt. So, and knowing that type of geography, I'm guessing you have to be very cautious of extreme flooding. Like, <laughs> like, Oh um, yeah. Like oh, if yeah. you, we like had- it, it can rise while you're sitting there. I think you posted a video or something. It rose just like that or I, mean, yeah. I don't know if it was you but i've seen a video of it Hawaii, yeah. and it was like it was here and they actually it just went like a massive waterfall in a matter of like a minute yeah so you know I, we we never like were on the water you know when it was raining right like we we did not make efforts to go paddling while it was raining because of the um, significance of the flooding that that's there like the Wailuku actually stands for water of destruction that's what it means in Hawaiian and so there's a lot of fear and respect and reverence you know around that river and you'll hear people tell stories about growing up swimming there and they were told by their grandparents that you know you don't go swimming if you can't see the kea you know like if you can't see the the volcano don't go swimming right because of the, um, the rainfall is that what he's talking about so exactly. in the background it could be raining and but it's raining you but know it could, it could be sunny feet. yeah it could be sunny but then you know at the top of the volcano it might be raining right so oh, that's crazy um so one of the more interesting things that happened and we we saw the storm coming we were you know staying on top of the radar and everything and knew a big storm was coming and we paddled the river at maybe a hundred or eighty CFS, you know, which is a great level and super fun and super low consequence in the grand scheme of things. And uh, got up the next morning and it was running running ten thousand CFS in just overnight. Overnight, ten thousand CFS. And what what's what would you consider high? Five hundred. Uh, high would be, geez, like. I would say if you're getting like above 250, it would start getting and feeling high. Whoa, 250 yeah. and it was 10 grand. God, I can only imagine some of the holes. Just I mean, there's, term, there's, there's terminal there's, hydraulics, I bet. Yeah, remind me to send you some some uh, iPhone videos I have from oh. 10,000. Like we were kind of walking around the overlook areas of the river and we're just kind of blown away with how much water was going through there. So, wow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's not a lot of space for the river to flow through, right? Like it looks a, very a, like very narrow passages from what I've seen yeah. in videos. It is a very narrow creek, and everything looks yeah. like it just it just goes. Yeah, everything everything definitely goes. There's a few, there's definitely a few places that at high water, if you had an issue, it would be a big issue. Yeah, um, there's one is super fun. Is probably one of you know my particular favorite you know rapids on 
the run. But uh, what, what's interesting about it is the left wall of one of these rapids is actually undercut. And at more normal flows, you've kind of got this sweeping drop going into a big booth off of the what right side. What river is this? The Wailuku. Okay. So technically in Hawaii, the Wailuku is the only river. Everything else is classified as a stream. So well, there you uh, go. I didn't know that. It's the only river. Today's the only knowledge river. <laughs> nugget from my Canadian buddy, Casey Jones. <laughs> I'm not Canadian. I'm still a U.S. citizen. Yeah, I'm still uh, <laughs> Canadian enough for me anyway. Okay. Is, it, is it Canadian uh, bacon? Or is it ham? Uh, uh, no, man. We still eat. We still eat real bacon here. Come on. <laughs> Not Canadian bacon. <laughs> Not Canadian. You seen any grizzly bacon. bears yet? No grizzly bears. No. Seen some black bears, but uh, yeah. I, you know, honestly, small. I don't think there's any grizzlies in Ontario. So, how about moose? I could be wrong, moose? but it, uh, I haven't personally seen any moose. But I've seen uh, photos of you know some moose that are just a little bit north of here. So. Mm, what's a lot uh, lots of deer though one of the is, cooler stories that i can tell is uh i was doing a spring lap with katie my fiance and Kayla grady and we were paddling down i guess the river was maybe 17 feet on the gauge or so 18 feet on the gauge so it was, okay. it was decently high we are going into a rapid called the Normans and we're just below a place called lunch stop waves, which are like the perfect kickflip waves. I mean, they're just perfectly green, very steep, very steep on the backside. Like if you want to learn how to kickflip best kickflip waves, a bunch ever. of back to back ones, bunch of back to back ones. Um, you know, and I'm paddling behind Caleb. I'm always questioning how good of a kayaker I am. Cause I'll see him throw one, one way. And then as he goes up the face of the next wave, he's throwing one the opposite way. Oh my of okay. <laughs> of course. You know, we're paddling down and we see something in the water and we don't know what, quite what it is. And sure enough, it's a deer swimming across the top of this rapid called the Normans. And what's interesting about the Normans is you have this big V tongue that's coming together and all this water is folding down on top of itself, but it's rock walls on both sides. So you get these yeah. massive boils just for probably 50 yards below the rapid. And if you were to swim in that, it would be awful. And you'd likely go yeah. into the next rapid below it called Coliseum. Um, and at those flows, Coliseum is a very, I've seen, I've seen videos. Yeah. I've seen videos. Yeah. It looks pretty, pretty stout. <laughs> so you're swimming across the river above this rapid and Caleb Grady does this massive U-shape around the deer and like drives it back to bank and it goes no, scrambling bull- up the bank and back So he bulldozed yeah. it like yeah, he, a boat. Basically. <laughs> Did he hook a toe tether to it? No toe tethers. No he toe didn't tethers. hook a toe tether to its <laughs> antler and pull it to the no, shore? No. no if you would have told me that, it. if you would have told me that, you would have swayed my opinion of a toe tether. <laughs> if you would have said, uh, I've got a use for a toe tether. I've seen <laughs> Kayla McGrady pull a pull a fully grown buck to the bank <laughs> with a toe tether. It, that would have been a story, if, bro. If, if Caleb Grady had done that, Caleb Grady would be my girl. But <laughs> especially if you would have got that on GoBro, if I would have yeah. seen you seen a video of pulling a, a deer to the bank. Yeah, and one mm-hmm. thing, um, you know, on on that story, what you were talking about, the kickflips, yep. you, you know, you went to Canada and I guess down on the Fuda also, and then I paddled yep. with you again and your kickflip had changed. Yeah, I'm, I watched you kickflip, and me, you know, me and you are probably a lot of like too. You you kind of analyze different, you know. You just watch somebody and kind of explain to people like what you look for into getting a good solid kickflip. You were explaining to me about like, you know, talking to like what like Tom Dol Dolchik. What's how do you say Tom's last name? That young uh, kid, Tom Dole. 
delay about uh, and and just watching those guys how they use the the power face correct or so they they load it and use the power go ahead you explain it because you definitely your kickflip so, <laughs> game had changed and it and i'm not going to say i was envious but i was i was real envious <laughs> i'd love um, to get up there and just like on the rapids like that because i think you could yeah. dial it in so much cleaner oh it, it's a lot i mean i think a lot of it comes down to having having a big steep tall wave that has a steep drop off on the back of it i think that's first and foremost and um, I think one of the one of the real big things that I, I'd seen was actually watching specifically Dane, Caleb, and Bryn. Uh, the very first year I went to Chile, uh, I got to go with those guys over to the Fui while um, Dane and Caleb and Adrian and Bryn were all down visiting. Caleb was actually helping run a was helping and coach a uh, what's it called. Um, he was basketball. helping coach a <laughs> not not basketball. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, we still have to play basketball. That hasn't happened yet, but uh, it will. He was coaching. Yeah, he was coaching. You're a getting gap soft year in program. Canada. I know, right? <laughs> um, he was coaching a gap year program or a, you know college credits program. Oh, okay. But it was it was centered around kayaking, and it was something that David Hughes had set up. It was a Patagonia study abroad, is what it was called. Yeah. Um, okay. And so I was along helping, and you know shooting photos and video and things like that. And one of the biggest things that I was seeing from them is, you know, previously my understanding of the kickflip was you paddle as hard up a wave as you can and you back deck roll at the very top. Yeah. Like this guy. <laughs> like that was, that was my understanding. And what I was seeing these guys do basically is I'm going up the face of a wave. I'm thinking about trying to take a giant boost stroke at the top of the wave. I'm li- literally trying to reach over the top of the wave on that boost stroke past the peak so you have the peak of the way you're wanting to reach past the peak or before the peak i'm reaching for the the peak of the wave like trying to stab it in right at the peak of the wave so right right where the wave peaks you want to go a straight vertical stroke down like a pull stroke okay and i yeah and what i'm thinking about doing is as i pull my legs up out of the water and try to get them up as high as i can I'm almost thinking about a double pump motion, right? So like a, or a wave wheel motion going over the top of the wave. But instead of simply throwing your legs back down underneath you, I'm prying off the back face of the blade. So not the power face, but the back face of the blade. I can see that. Yeah. And in doing that, the motion feels more like a wing over oh, uh, than it does a necessary, necessarily like a kick flip or an air screw type of motion. Yeah, because I think, you know, me and you were paddling and I think it might have been the golly or something. And I just noticed you were nailing these, like your kick flips were getting more aerial and they were nailing. And I was able to get it like once or twice, but yep. the, the, and I was trying to see what you were doing. So now you've got me a good, better understanding, you know, but it's, it, you know, I just wanted to get yep. your, your, well, you know, and, and you've been I, think doing a the, I think like, honestly, while it's a high consequence move, there's really only one great wave, in my opinion, maybe two great waves on the Okoe River that are like super steep that make it easy to dial it in. Um, when you're like really trying to learn and dial it in, and learn where that point of no return with the rise of your bow is, you know, as you're trying to get that big disconnect, because again, the idea is trying to get your bow as high up in the air as you can before you start to drop your feet back down mm-hmm. into that wave wheel motion. And then once your feet start to drop, that's where you're prying off the back of the blade. So, okay. And then, you know, kind of flicking your hips over top of your head. Well, yeah. Like that's, 
but again, like the steeper the wave is, the easier it is to feel that point of disconnect happen, right? Whereas like if you have a smaller wave and, you know, whoever else, like your Nick Troutmans and Danes are going to be able to do those type of kickflips there. But I definitely think having a bigger feature that's easy but, to lap. Is, yeah, uh, but but I mean, helpful. I think I think even guys like that, you know, I think they perfected it on the bigger stuff first. This is and just a theory. May, have, I think they yeah, perfected they the technique have, on yeah. bigger waves, and then it just translated. Because I know as your kickflip definitely right. improved a lot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and you know, yeah, and I got super lucky. I got to film those guys while we were on the fleet, and one of the places that we filmed had this really incredible uh, curling wave, and it just so happened that where I was shooting, the curling wave was right curling towards me. Mm-hmm. And so I could see what was happening with their paddle. So while I was getting to shoot this cool video, I was also getting an opportunity to watch it in slow motion, frame by frame. And yeah, see what you got doing. to you got to really break it down with your yeah, <laughs> yeah, there yeah. You go. And so it, like it really made a lot of sense. Um, and then you know, as I was trying to dial it in further, you know, obviously there are people like Caleb and Tino, uh, Tino Spate, that are like just they're great paddlers but they're also great instructors like world-class instructors and so they've got like this uh detect and correct like one word fix for everything yeah it's <laughs> you know, which is really cool so that's awesome yeah thanks for breaking that down you know um i can always talk you know down river freestyle <laughs> stuff and I'm, I'm still on the you know and like you said here in the southeast we don't have like a wide variety of waves unless like the nola chucky blows up like it did i think it got to like thirty thousand. so there's going to be some waves there that you could probably yeah. hit and but it, you know we've got a window about that big <laughs> so yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> i'm still on the camp where you know mostly i go to the top and i do a fast back deck roll i've got a very quick powerful back deck roll so i just throw it yep. and i land them and but yeah. it it just doesn't feel as clean as what you were talking about. I can definitely see that technique. I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on that. That's no, you sure. can you come visit me then. You come visit me. They won't let me in Canada. <laughs> I'm probably banned in Canada. I don't even know it. I'm trying to think of anything. No, nah, man. No, yeah. Uh, so who knows? No, nah, we'll yeah. we'll put you we'll put you in the car. We'll put you in the car with Katie. She's so sweet and innocent looking. You'll you'll be able to get in. Yeah. I'm not sweet and innocent <laughs> looking. What? No, no, you're not. <laughs> well, well, there you go. You know, at least this guy tells you the truth. Whether you like it or not, he's gonna he's gonna lay it on you. Um, yeah, man. Um, what else? Let's see. What boat are you currently paddling? I did see uh, that you might have recently got the new dagger code medium. Is it, you paddling the medium, correct? I am. So I actually got both a large and medium, but, uh, Oh, wow. You go both ways. Nice. Yeah. So I, I have some lofty ambitions or dreams to try to, to go to the Stikine hopefully in the next year or so. Um, so learning to paddle, learning to paddle the large and learning to paddle it with some gear is going to be something that I'm looking to try to do in the spring while I'm here. Um, especially in big water and just trying to get comfortable with that idea. Um, so that, that's a, that's a lofty goal, whether or not I actually achieve it. I don't know, but at least well, it's in you here, know, in here you, it, you're already there. Mention, yeah. Mentioning it to you, you're going to kick my ass if I don't do it. Oh, I'm going to bring it up to you about every time I see you. So how's that Stikine trip going, buddy? I know, I know, right? um, I'm working on it. So. That's what people do to me all the yeah. time. So you actually have a medium and large for the fact that you want to put overnight gear and things like that. That's why you have the large. Cause you're like 165. Yeah. No, man, I'm 180. 185 yeah 
I yeah. guess you really have been hitting that Canadian bacon. Up there. <laughs> I've Dude. always been, I've yeah. always been at least 180, man. The good thing about you though, you're, you're 185, but I think you're six two. I'm six foot even. So. Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah. I underestimated yeah. your weight and overestimated your height. No, I, uh, you know, it's just my personality that makes, makes me feel so big, right? Oh, you're big in <laughs> personalities. So big. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to no. get that hair in a man bun while you're out in that large oh, yeah? also. Oh, no, it's the, I, I actually wore it down hoping that you wouldn't mention a man. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want you to put a hole in the top of your helmet and pull it out. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll get an old wild water helmet and just, like, <laughs> I'd get, love like, a big three-quarter three inch, like, drill bit and just go for it. <laughs> that would be awesome with it in a tight bun. Yeah. So, which, yeah. which, uh, which one do you, do you prefer the most? Like, uh, I, I so actually I'm guessing... haven't gotten to pop. I haven't gotten to Powell the large yet. Okay. Um, so still in the wrapper? I actually, well, it's, it's actually still in, in South Carolina. So oh, I, you want me to deliver it? it I'm on my way. <laughs> I actually asked them to hold on to it just because, you know, shipping does cost a lot and then international shipping costs more. And um, it didn't really make sense to have the large up here. We're in summer flows now. So it's not like the water's high. And then you're already you building know, an excuse I, for that stacking trip. I know. Right. I'm working on, I'm working on, uh, but uh, I did want the medium, you know, to get used to paddling it and getting to, you know, play around with it a little bit. And uh, so far, like initial impressions, very impressed with the boat. I mean, I, you know, I, I spent very little time in the Mamba, so I didn't really have That's any true. preconceptions. I do totally understand the deck lines though, because if you come from a Mamba, that boat looks like a Mamba in deck lines, you know, while really it really does, it's, don't it? It's, it's, it, yeah, shape is different. It's definitely different, but like from a standpoint of like, if the Mamba is your like comfort zone, if you're coming from that boat, like the boat's going to look the same. Uh, it, I'm sure it's going to paddle vastly different. You were coming from a Phantom, yeah. correct? That's the, that was yeah, kind of like so your I've, creek boat of choice. Yeah. So the, the Phantom is what I'd been paddling and, there, you know, like I, I had spent a fair amount of time in it. I got to spend the season down in Chile working at the Pukong kayak retreat there, uh, paddling it and then took it out to Hawaii. And I, you know, it's been a good boat. It's, it's, you know, very different. It's funny how different it and the Nirvana are from one another. Um, you know, really is, nine, right? I, I paddled both, both of them too. Yeah. Yeah. They're both nine foot racing Creek boats, right? Like that was the designed purpose for both of those boats. And it's amazing how different each boat is from one another, but how each boat does things better than the other as well. And, and I guess that that's to be expected with a different design, but, uh, and how different they paddle, right? Like the, you know, the Phantom is definitely, there are some growing pains switching to it, just having been accustomed to one style of boat and one style of paddling yeah. from some advice from Steve Augustine about like where he had a seat placed and how he liked it. Uh, I took, took that advice and moved some, the seat around and moved some things around. Oh, I want to hear uh, this. So on the Phantom, where do you run your seat? I can tell you where I run uh, mine. You know where I run mine? All the way where? back, baby. All the way back. I'm like okay, an El mine, Camino mine, coming down there. Low riding. Yeah, mine, mine was about uh, three quarters of the way back. So, there you go. See, you're yeah. hearing it right here, everybody. So everybody that, <laughs> that hears about the Phantom, what I had found, and, and Casey might back me up on this, and that's, yeah. that's funny, a lot of people move their seat forward, and I actually moved my seat back because I found that it helped me go off of that tail a little better and able to place that that bow where I wanted it. Is that, can you? Yeah, what, I, I felt like I was able to break it off of that Mach 10 speed out of, of, of drops faster. 
that way. I felt mm-hmm. like I could steer it from the, the back end of the boat and I could, you know, do hanging draws or gliding draws, whatever terminology you want to use. I felt like I could use those more effectively when the seat was back. Definitely took a while getting used to how narrow the boat was in comparison to the Nirvana. Coming out of Nirvana, felt- that's a big, it really is. I came out of Nirvana too. It's a big change, dude. But one of the things that I found, especially being down in Chile, you know, we had a low water Rio Claro year, the year that I, I switched from the Nirvana to the Phantom. I was amazed at how much softer the Phantom lands. <laughs> so it is, it is kind of like for people listening, you know, I did an on water review on the Phantom too, and I kind of went over this that this Phantom is kind of like a hybrid, like semi planing yep. into it's, I guess you'd call it a semi planing displacement where it's like it's not perfectly flat. It's actually, flattened out and then rounded up and that thing is very smooth coming off drops given that you know we'll go back on the code here in a minute but given where the code's a lot more flatter i think up there than the phantom and it helped that kind of craziness like you just mentioned about that hanging draw stroke you better have that in with the phantom you better have it in (laughs) and and you know me and you have before we started recording you know casey were talking about you know about driving that code so go ahead and let's get on that code about how what you were talking about driving that baby and now, yeah, now so, just for everybody you're 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 paddling in the ottawa region so it's big yeah, water so paddling on yeah paddling on the ottawa river and you know it, it's it's very different you know paddling through crashing waves and paddling through alternating angled waves as well right and regardless of the boat that you're in you kind of get buffeted around by those big waves you get moved around a little bit left right depending on what you are one of the things that was evident was that you wanted to have an active paddle blade in the water paddling the the code it's just that you know that bow rocker when it it had like direction and speed works Mm -hmm. really well it just climbs over everything i you know there were two instances, uh, one where I went to a feature called um, Phil's Hole. I went through the right side of it. And oh, I lost was your audio. Funny. I mean, I lost your video. Uh, there you are. Right, hey, he's back. Oh, we he are. went to sleep mode, <laughs> yeah, guys. Um, it's just past his yeah. bedtime. The <laughs> phone's telling him. He just had an alarm go off and it's time to go to bed. <laughs> Probably get your, get actually, your water. Actually, that went, that, went, that went off at 845, believe it or not. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> But uh, there's a feature called Phil's Hole. And, and a few weeks ago, we had some unseasonably high water uh, because of a couple mm-hmm. of big storms that came through. And so we were back at uh, roughly nine on the gauge, nine feet on the gauge. This time of year, negative one to negative three is kind of normal. Um, so to okay. give you an idea so, of how much higher it is. I would say that's higher. Uh, than normal. Yeah. So <laughs> we got back into some big waves and, you know, it was pretty funny. I, I was just kind of curious. I took a kind of a sweeping boost stroke going into it and hadn't really even taken strokes much else on, but on flat water, but could feel that the stern wanted to load real easily on that code. And uh, so I felt confident trying it and I just kind of squirted through the feature and didn't get a single splash in my face and just kind of started laughing hysterically. And I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. But you know, that is a double-edged sword, right? Like I just said that that bow works really well when it has direction and that blade is purposefully used in the water. But I think if you're in big white water and you're trying to float straight through a wave train, not necessarily placing yourself for a ferry, but just like you're trying to just zone out, your bow is going to find the path of least resistance really quickly because of how much bow rocker there is there. So, 
Do you I'll think that's a fair assessment? I think so. And, <laughs> and it's awful. And you probably noticed this too. It's pretty wide up in front of the knees, the width, I, you know, I had yeah. snowy on and he talked about that and, you know, yeah. kind of like me and you both have had some experience with the Waka OG. And to me, it yeah. kind of had that, that Waka, like, I don't know that kind of, it's, it's hard to describe people that haven't paddled the OG, but the OG had this, like, it's like a softer OG to me more. I would say not softer. It's more refined. Like they like the, like a refined OG. What do you I think? Mean, I'll, I'll put, I'll put it this way. I, I, I don't think I've paddled in both, both particular instances. I don't think I've paddled a boat that was more predictable. Right. Yeah, like, that's true. I knew what, I knew what was going to happen. Right. That's a like, good, that's a good, you can feel the boat. Yep. If the boat start, if the boat starts to slide, you can feel it sliding before it reaches a point of no return. Right. Cause again, with that bow rocker, the correction strokes are easier because there's less like surface tension on the boat. It's easier to swing the boat back around, especially with that big flat space underneath the seat and right behind the seat. So that was one of the big things that I really liked is I could make corrections really quickly. Catching eddies was really interesting in that boat too, because you have to really put the boat way up on edge to get that rail to kick in. But once it kicks in, it goes, I mean, it, and it took a second for me because I, you know, I've been paddling a rewind and you don't have mm -hmm. to go very far to find that mm -hmm. edge. You just, <laughs> you just kind of uh, like, maybe like get, that with the rewind. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you get into that boat and, you know, I felt like I was going all the way over on the sidewall of the code for a bit, you know, just mentally to try to find that edge. But uh, what's amazing is you get up on that edge and then you find this like secondary wall that just feels like you can't cause the boat to flip over on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of wild to, to have a sidewall like that, that you can just lay out on. It was really funny. I just kept finding myself like the last few times I paddled it, finding the biggest wave I can find and leaning over as far as I can. You're dipping off the top of the wave, trying to get it to disconnect as far as I can. Uh, so it's, it's been a fun boat to play with and I'm really looking forward to getting on a Creek, but uh, man, like the bow rocker and, that rails do really well in big boils. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it's, it's about paddling your boat with purpose, right? And regardless of what boat you're in, if you're not paddling with purpose, it's not going to do what you want it to do. Um, yeah, there but, we go. Uh, That's his mantra paddle with a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree because if anyone that yeah. watched my on water review, one of the things I like it when I, when I talk to another kind of like what I see as a high level paddler like yourself. And, you know, I agree with you totally. Cause when I first like initially did the review, one of the things that I found, you have to lean it. I'm serious, dude. I had to get like that. And, and you know, for people yeah. listening, I've got my hand up and it's like almost completely on edge before I, when I started finding that rail, it was, it was like a, it was like a, an Easter egg in a video game. It was like something, yeah. You're like, wow, what was that? And after I found it, yeah, it's, then it's, my leans became so much more aggressive, way more aggressive yeah, on my leans than what I normally would do. Think MotoGP motorcycle riders laying it down on one knee. <laughs> laying it down that's, on the pumps, baby. That's what it baby. felt like. Yeah. Lay, yeah, it just, it felt, uh, it felt like you're really whipping it around, but it's, uh, it's also really a high reward move as well. Like when you put your boat up on the edge and you feel confident doing that, um, mm -hmm. Some of these lean booths, some of these like transitional moves that we have to make as we paddle harder creeks, that's going to be something that will give people more confidence moving into some of those moves as well, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So your boat of choice here recently, I know you really like the rewind too. 
yeah. that's been kind of like your half slice of choice, right? And me and you both have a lot of experience with the antics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the rewind here, especially we have big eddy lines, right? Like we've got some really, really fun, deep eddy lines. And obviously the Jimmy cup is held here. So it's good for squirt boating. It's definitely going to be the Jimmy for cup sports, for people right? listening is a squirt boat competition. One of the top in the world, right? Maybe yeah. the top in the world. You win the Jimmy I mean, cup. It, you're it, beast mode. It, yeah. Basically if you win Jimmy cup, it's, it's as good or better than world championships. There you go. So, guys. All um, right. For whatever that means, by the but, way. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we're not yeah, squirt with that though. Yeah. We have a lot of, crazy awesome eddy lines and seams it's crazy wade you're just paddling through flat water nothing but flat water and you'll just see this boil line pop up and it's like the best strongest eddy line on the okoe river and you can just drop your stern down into it and start throwing stern squirts in the middle of the river off of the boil line you know it's and, uh it's pretty pretty and that's high, where that rewind excels right because of the longer length in yeah. the tail over like a shorter like shorter the, tail of the antics you know, it, it just, it feels more balanced as you're up on end, especially when you're kind of twirling around on end on those big, powerful eddy lines. It, it definitely feels like it, uh, you know, balances better. And, and to your point, you know, from Gen 1 antics to Gen 2 antics, you know, the Gen 2 performs better than the Gen 1. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure the Ripper performs super well. I haven't spent a lot of time in the Ripper, but uh, it's good. I'm sure it would perform like it. well as well. So you... <laughs> you don't have one, so but, I know you uh, haven't spent a lot of time in one or you would own one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Who knows? No, I, uh, I'm pretty happy with that rewind, to be honest with you. It's, it's a pretty uh, solid boat. Oh, man, it's, it's really neat to paddle a boat that you really don't, like, I mean, I got, again, got to take a, a prototype down to Chile, which was awesome. I mean, only when I was running stuff that made me really nervous uh, was I opting to paddle the Phantom. Uh, I just got to the point where the rewind was all I was paddling on most things. And I remember, so you, I remember talking was, to you about that, how you were like, the yeah. rewind in the Chile was so good. You came back and you're yeah. like, dude, that boat is so good down there. <laughs> the bow rocker, the yeah. tail, the way you can initiate that tail – and that bow rocker yeah. is there when you need it. You're like, the combination is very good, which is really good because I'm doing like a half slice kind of like lineup on that. And the rewind's yeah. one of my top half slices ever, ever, yeah. in my opinion. Well, I mean, the, the thing that I like the most about it too is the, the leg position and knee position. You know, one, one qualm that I have with like having your knees super wide is how hard it is on your hip flexors, how uncomfortable it can be. And, you know, back to your point, we've both spent a lot of time in the first antics, the first gen antics, and your legs were splayed out super wide. And, uh, I remember a few, uh, golly marathon laps with you where feet came out and you're paddling flat water with the skirts off. (laughs) Yeah. What it does to me, it it hurts my knees. What, what, what happens to me, it puts my knee in like a weird position, the way the foot to the knee height. Yeah. It, it, it hurts my knees, like, and that's what hurts me the most. Go ahead. Yeah. The flip side of it, though, is when your legs are that wide, you have a lot of power, too. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. It's like A lot of power for people. play moves, not downriver yeah. speed. Yeah, not, not for downriver speed, but for, you know, play moves and stern squirts, you know, pulling those, crunching those knees up to your chest, that's a more powerful position. So, you know, like yeah, it's, a, I, again, a double-edged sword. I would so. agree with that, that it, it's, it's definitely a better, like, for, like, you know, all those downriver play moves. But if you're trying to like charge like downriver, it's not as comfortable for me anyway. I like no, my knees in more not. upright. 
That's where the and Ripper the does really well too. That, one of the things that I did really like though about the the rewind is again, you know, you had a little bit of deck peaking, so like the water sheds off either side. Your knees are higher, the boat's narrower, and you know, I just I love those quick transitions edge to edge that you can do in that boat because of how narrow it is um oh for sure yeah so yeah yeah and what all what all you boats know. do you guys have there is it all like dagger or jackson or so what? you have any yeah, titans so you got our, so you got a full fleet of titan nymphs no 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 titans Prion pikes. Uh, so the so personally you know i've got uh, a dagger quiver um but uh for the ottawa kayak school we are a jackson super school and, you know, the, the decision comes purely from the fact that, number one, this is the best freestyle river in the world. And when it comes to freestyle kayaking and freestyle kayak instruction, you can't come to a better place just because of the nature of the river. You know, in the summertime, when we've got all these incredible features in, you have incredible waves backed up by giant flat lakes, you know. So it's great for instruction. And so a lot, a lot of people do come here to learn how to play boat. You know, I don't think you would argue against the point that jackson makes the best freestyle kayak currently on the market i would not um, argue that i would know, lose a hundred percent of the time if i tried to argue <laughs> a jitsu yeah over the rock star yeah i started you know 100.5 or whatever i don't how many yeah. versions so are you know now? when it they're on they're on gen four okay. um but uh you know with that the the fourth generation rockstar is you know a better boat than the jet i liked it's a better it boat than i did the, i the dagger it. jitsu i paddled and, yours i liked it you know daggers yeah and the dagger jitsu you know like they they only make the 5.9 now they've committed to making the medium size and, and i i think that was what um they dropped you know, the six yeah. oh yep oh i'm done i'm done <laughs> that's it i need to call scott right now where's my phone i'm calling scott on air <laughs> dude you just told me something yeah. i didn't even know i love the six <laughs> because i you know i think well, me and you both I, we love I, that actually, more volume scott actually just sent me a bright yellow six zero. i uh, love the yellow too <laughs> oh old yeller yeah God. i i've been i've been asking i've been asking for yellow i, I would love to start a petition and get a dagger yellow again so. dude <laughs> yeah don't get me started on colors i'm getting scott on and uh i'm i've got a <laughs> I've got a hammer coming down on him on dagger colors. <laughs> oh man. I, I think, I think he'll be able to provide you with some welcome news. So uh, yeah, I've already had some conversations <laughs> with him. So yeah, the, but the, the dagger, my jitsu was yellow. Um, the yeah, jitsu nice. I had was yellow. That was one of my favorite boats of all time. And do, is it, you know, maybe you can back me up on this. I, I haven't spent as much time in like the spud boats as you have. It, to me, it was the one of the most well-rounded spud boat. It seemed, it reminded me of the rewind in a way. It just did everything good, but it didn't like compared to like the, the rock star, you know, the rock star excels over it in certain categories, but I love the way the Jitsu 6.0 paddled. I just love that boat. So I haven't, haven't spent a ton of time in it yet. Um, as we're in the crux of our season, teach a little bit of playboating, but here recently our beginner courses, you know, I, I definitely love teaching beginner courses and, you know, I get, I, I like the Joe Gudger approach to teaching beginners. I don't want a consummate beginner. I want to take somebody kayaking someplace really cool one day when mm -hmm. I come and take a course. That's my goal. You know, that's, that's one reason I keep jumping back in on these beginner courses is because I love them and love getting people 
uh, addicted to the sport. But um, freestyle, so that, this is freestyle or just downriver or just a little bit of uh, everything? Just, just actually like true beginner courses, right? Mm. Like we're, we're putting Rolling. people in the water for their first time, oh, teaching wow. them how okay. to roll, how to wet river, exit. And then we're running, we're, yeah, and we're running them all the way down the middle channel of the Ottawa River on day four and five. So you got a whole but, stock of high and you know, dries there. <laughs> no high and dries. No high and dries. I I got a you, guy. You learn to roll or you swim. <laughs> I got a guy. I got a I'm hook sure up, you, do. <laughs> you know, not everyone is as manly as you, and uh, I will admit to the fact that I am not man enough to paddle with one of those. So while I'm sure I could use it. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend do not ever start somebody out kayaking in that. And that's coming straight from my mouth right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the, the six O the difference really that I, and you know, one of the biggest differences is it's uh, it's a lot shorter than the new large 4.0 rockstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it feel, it feels a lot shorter anyway. And the one welcome change and jumping back into the jitsu from being in the rock stars, the knees are definitely not as tall and the boat doesn't feel quite as wide as the large rock star. So it feels more like a, a medium large boat. It doesn't feel like a true large. That's crazy. That, that you mentioned that. That's, how, that's exactly how yeah. I describe that. But it does not feel, yeah. even though it's the six O and it's the big boys boat, yeah. You know, at the time, you know, I was like 165, 170, and it felt spot on for me. And, yeah. dude, at my weight, I could really get some massive loops in that thing, flat water loops yeah. and just loops. It was yeah. – and it paddled the yeah. river very good, too. It was a really good downriver yeah. boat. No, I've definitely enjoyed paddling it, and I'm looking forward to, to learning the boat more and getting to paddle it more. But, um, you know, to the point of – and you know how it is, like you're – running a youtube channel doing reviews on new boats because people love new gear and love getting to mm-hmm. try new gear out and so you know for us you know the 4.0 has only been around for a couple of years whereas you know the jitsu and the jet have been around for you know 10 plus years right and wow, so that, i guess you know, you're right that's that old yeah definitely yeah, yeah. that boat's been out a while maybe, maybe not maybe not quite that old i know the jed's been around for maybe 12 years at this wow point, that's crazy but, but uh, that's that proves like yeah. i always say when you do a really good job with a design they have that yeah. lifespan like that well they definitely do and i and i would and this is not to say that the jitsu and the jet are bad boats it's just that when you have market interest right and the rock star because they're always coming out with new ones every couple of years. They're, you're generating market interest in that particular style. Every six months. And then because there's that market, you know, because there's that you know, market interest. And then if we also think about our keener program, which is teenagers, you know, what is the, the way that most really good teenagers get on the water first? It's through freestyle, right? Because their parents mm. are able to take them to a whitewater park or a wave and watch them paddle. It's right? safe too, and right? It it's rec- safe. Yeah, and it's a lot safer form of kayaking than, you know, exactly. calling up Wade Harrison to take their kid down the green, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk uh, away this weekend. It's like plus nine. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but then you could always go to Rock Island and just have a great session and yeah. and just working on moves. I mean, it's, it's definitely and, and, fun. And yeah. I think, you know, and if you really think about the top end paddlers, out there they all have some freestyle experience you know like the people that are at the oh, very for top sure. of the sport yeah. that goes to show you that there's a lot more to kayaking than just going down the river yes so where people get really good at going down the river and sending big nasty boofs but then have a really bad roll 
you know, I think a lot of times what happens is people get really into creaking because it's super fun, right? It's, it's super fun to run waterfalls. That is true. It's super, it's super fun to send a boo. But if we think about all of those things, they require edge transitionings and, you know, and a lot of scenarios, especially in the Southeast, you really don't want to find yourself upside down. And so you, you know, that's definitely true. You don't find yourself upside down very often. And so you, you see like that core green group, like your KLCG guys that are stern squirting and splatting everywhere and flipping over and, you know, they're getting their role practice in, but uh, there is a large contingency of people that do Creek that only go down river. Right. And oh, um, I see what you you're know, saying. Only go down river in their Creek boat. Yeah. And so they're not getting that time upside down and, or the confidence. I would say it's probably more the confidence. Right. And so when they do find themselves upside down, then, you know, they're skipping steps you know, they're, you know, trying they, roles they panic. They're fully set up, you know, they're whatever. in panic mode yeah, when they're upside down, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I see what you're and saying. So I, I, and I think that's why freestyle can be and, and slicey boating, you know, whatever the case may be. I think that's one reason why that's something that people really should get into as or even half starting slice, that trajectory up into yeah, half slicing, whatever you want to, you want to find that, that comfort upside down and knowing that you can roll from any direction. And from any time that blade engages, you want to know that you can roll from anywhere. You and I are both are kind of of the same opinion that the back deck rolls the best thing ever. And back deck roll know, guy, another no, one right here. It. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm rolling, I'm, I'm rolling with, with momentum, either direction. You know, I'm not going to try to set up underwater and sit upside down and take a beating unless I have to. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had this conversation many times with a lot of people that, and that's funny, but like a lot of the high level paddlers, they just kind of go with the momentum and, and you got to think about it. 90% of the time, it's usually a stern load or a back edge caught coming out of a drop and it's oh, almost yeah. quicker to win. Cause we're around. leaning back. Cause we're scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we want to lean back and we're scared. Up, already. Baby. Bow up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty good, man. Um, we'll go ahead and kind of switch gears here. You know, I know that that Katie there, the last time she was paddling, she had some new uh, level six gear and it made me grab my. Yeah, it it made me drag my old level six hat out from the archives that I got at Golly Fest one year. Yeah, I didn't I couldn't even believe I still had it It looks pretty rough. But, you know, Casey says I look like a DJ. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the mouse. (laughs) I don't know. Fat boy slim. Yeah, I'm just fat boy. I, I don't have the slim. I'm just fat boy DJ. <laughs> but <laughs> funk your brother, whatever that song was. But it's like, um, yeah. So I got my level six here. Go ahead and tell me what what have you seen new from those guys? Because we don't. They are available here in the in the U.S. I have seen level six. Their spray skirt looks really good. Maybe you could go into more. Yeah. So you know, Katie and her brother Joel both paddle for level six and have for some quite some time. I think one of the things that I've been most impressed by is, is their ACE spray skirt. They've recently changed up from just gluing the rand on to actually stitching it. And it looks really hardy. Uh, it's like a hardy skirt. And the rand is very like, for those who are familiar with the seal spray skirts, um, the rand mm-hmm. is very similar in shape and size to the, the seal spray skirt rand, but uh, at a fraction of the cost, I mean, at, at a price point wise, there's not another company that's making a randed skirt in that price point. What do um, they retail for? You know, I, I can't recall. I can't. I can't recall what they're re- retailing for, but I believe they're under two hundred dollars US. So that that is a really for a, a high quality rand. Yeah, and that, it comes with a small plastic removable implosion bar as well. So 
Yeah, yeah nobody you, uses it actually those things. Junk. No, but junk. You know, <laughs> but do you believe you know, in those in implosion it, bar? I. I'm you know, you know, skirts blow from the inside out mostly. Eighty percent of the time, a skirt's I'm gonna, blowing out. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I've never actually used uh, an implosion bar skirt, so I don't know. But they uh, look cool. So that, that tells you how much. That I don't know about all that, <laughs> but I mean, it's a removable piece from it, so it's uh, it looks pretty, you know, very functional from that standpoint as well. And then one of the things that I, I really like about what they've done with that skirt is similar with that uh, palm skirt that da- they did for dagger, the inertia skirt. Mm-hmm. There's a rubberized texture. There's a rubberized texture at the top of the tunnel. So that thing doesn't slide up and down on your body all day. Yep. And, and just for, sweet. just for people so, listening that, that dagger spray skirt, what's it called? The, the iridium, what's it called? The, the inertia, the inertia. inertia. I like iridium yeah. better, but you know, the, <laughs> what he's talking about, that's actually a, a palm skirt and I have one also. It's really good. Yeah. And, and I think it comes yeah. in a really good price point. Also, it's a Rand palm skirt and you're talking about the top, the, uh, the only, the only drawback that I did, you know, complain about was the massive dagger logo right between the legs. It's like I was overcompensating <laughs> for something. I look like such a fanboy uh, if I have that dagger helmet and that dagger spray skirt and a dagger boat. Jesus, I look like such a fanboy. I would have done man, the logo, but call, I would have made it more call subtle. Me, call me a fanboy. I got, I got the helmet, the skirt, mm. and the boat. I'm wearing it. <laughs> I, it's just that dagger no, logo. I, was I, just too I big. thought it, uh, man, I don't, I don't really think it's too big, honestly. Did you think like, it was too I, big? You know, I, no. Well, there you go. No. Huh? Yeah. You know me. You know me. I'm flashy. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it definitely had a lot going on. But I love the skirt, dude. It's really good. That was a really good skirt. Yeah, it is a good skirt. I, you know, I've actually, I got two of them, and I've got one set aside for like personal paddling and one for teaching. The the skirt that I've been using for teaching, it gets a lot of wear and tear. You know, you know when you empty a boat over top of your boat, that mm-hmm. type of thing it wears skirts out pretty quickly. And as Wade knows, when you're paddling a lot, your gear never fully dries out, and that's when it really starts to break down. It's um, yeah. And so far, this thing has held up very well this summer. I've been very impressed with it. So um, again, I have a. I have a pretty interesting point of view. Like if I can get a full season out of a piece of equipment, I'm very happy, you know, um, whatever you probably three months out of this. <laughs> we call him box fresh because he's always got something. New. <laughs> the last time I seen him, guess what? He was pulling out a brand new dry suit and a brand new pair of boots or something. I'm like, look at this guy box fresh, baby he landed on the scene. Well, <laughs> I was like, didn't you just have some shoes and like I, five months ago? Well, you know, the, the hardest part about shoes is, you know, if they stay, if they stay wet all the time, they fall apart. Well, you know, <laughs> and on the flip side, what he could tell me is like, well, when you use them every day, <laughs> you know, my shit never, <laughs> my shit never wears out. You know why? Cause it sits mostly in the garage. <laughs> I no, haven't broke I, a paddle uh, in 12 I'm, years and you, know, you find out you go like about once a year, you know, and I, for that reason, you know, to that point, you've, you've actually talked a fair amount about paddles recently. I, I switched to paddling with fiberglass warners again, just you know and what again, what is again, what, which learner do you like, like the best by the way because i know where you're going uh you know for for going down river definitely the surge mm-hmm. um but for play boating i like the player a lot so okay and you yeah. went to fiber and what is your main reason for going to fiberglass 
So there's a, it's a couple fold one, you know, if you're teaching, what's the thing that happens often that you have to do, you have to get out of your boat quickly, depending on what the scenarios are, you know, and sometimes you have to toss your paddle up on the bank and would you rather that. toss a double diamond uh, up on Lattman, the bank? Or would a Lattman Extreme the... 70. Hit me up if you need to know where to see, get some. Yeah. Who's a fanboy now? <laughs> Dude, you know, you know how much have you, you should see me getting out of my boat lately. I'm like leaning over, making sure it's lined up. Stay, stay. When you're, I had, you're, you're, when I had yeah, a powerhouse, I would, I would javelin throw it. I, I would swim before I'd throw my Letman. You know, I, I've seen a few of them around. I've never actually paddled with one, but. Uh, well, I know you haven't because you don't own one pretty, of those either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I have tried um, a forward set G power blade. Very comparable. Pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Except they have a, but, and, they have and, aluminum around the tips. Yeah. And that was, that was something I wasn't super keen on with that really? particular style, but I can tell you, yeah. I can tell you You're a straight, from straight shaft paddling now, with that Jeep. Uh, uh, I, you know, I'll paddle with anything, you know. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you didn't, know, I, did I you not like the blade shaft, forward? But, uh, the blade forward is great. I mean, the, the I like, I guess what they call is a, is a forward crank, I think is the proper term, where the, yeah. the crank the, bend. You didn't like for, that? Yeah, I thought the, no, I did. I thought the forward crank was great. I, I didn't really like the aluminum tips. I just, I couldn't get behind that idea. But I can tell you that, it was interesting, and I'm sure this is something that you probably like about your Letman as well, is having a high-performance paddle that doesn't have that big old thick blade that you're stabbing down into the water. It just kind of slices through, and the, the dexterity on the paddle is super fast, and it just kind of whips around in the water when you want to move it around. Yeah, the uh, transfer was... of power of the very long, it's more of a long slender blade, and the transfer yeah. of power is very clean compared to my yeah. surge. I have two surges, and I, you know, I got the surge really on your recommendation, and I definitely agreed because I come out of the Adachi. I come out yeah. of the Adachi, and you kept, you know, going and on we, to and, me about the surge. Well, we were both paddling in Adachi for a while. You know, one of the other big reasons for switching uh, to the fiberglass paddles is, again, when you paddle a lot, if you're paddling for four five, six hours a day, every day, like puts a lot of stress and wear and tear on your body as well. And, you know, right the flex the of the fiberglass joints, paddles. Elbow, yeah. Yeah. elbow yeah. and the shoulder fiberglass is nice to. Yeah, those, those surges have a lot of deflection in the shaft and blade. I'll hit yeah. rocks here in the southeast, as you were talking about. You know, you can hit a rock and it just kind of like bounces and then kind of, you almost kind of like use a spring effect off of it. I mean, they do wear down. Warners do wear down fast, but that's a good thing. I'd much rather wear down than break that or break my damn joints. That's right. (laughs) But uh, getting back to the question that you asked as well, there are pieces of equipment that have come out um, from level six that are interesting is, uh, you know, they've had a couple of uh, upgrades to their dry suits and their, um, their dry tops they've got like a new waistband cinching system that you mm. know seems to to be better than what they used to have they used to have four individual straps with buckles on them like a tri-glide buckle and then they would all velcro down to the middle and they've moved to something that's more reminiscent of what you're seeing from other companies like a you know, like kinda, a clip uh not so much like a clip but just more like a, a velcro piece on the, the tunnel uh, what's the it, name it of seems, the dry suit they have one called the Odin that came out last year, which is a front zip. Yeah, and then I, I believe the Emperor dry suit is the 
kind of back zip suit. And one of the things that's maybe a little hokey, but also super cool is on the inside, on the inside pocket right there underneath the level six. So if you scroll up just a little bit, keep scrolling up to the other picture. If you look right underneath the level six logo, there's a, a fleece pocket right there in the dry suit. So you can actually put your hands in that fleece pocket while you're really? standing around scouting. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. So. Oh, I like go. that. Fleece yeah. pocket. Yeah. So, so it's got a built-in fleece pocket, dude. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. That's so nice for everybody. When you're, looking. Walking, when you're walking around, that's, that's a really cool feature. And then you can see the new waist belt below it. It's got, uh, you know, two different points of, of contact. So if you go up to the picture that you were just on just a second ago, so if you look there, it's actually not one singular piece there. There's actually two um, two pieces that are tightening independently of one another, but one Velcro piece there. You know, it it seems to tighten very well. Uh, I you know borrowed one of Joel's uh, dry tops here recently, wore it, and I you know it was very comfortable fit. You know, yeah, and it felt very comparable to you know kind of like an IR level type of, of dry top. You know. It was, you know, it, I would say it very much fits into that same category. So it looks good. It, I'm looking at it yeah. online right now, and it's the Empire Dry Suit. If you guys want to go check that out on level six, I think it's level6.com, and it's the Empire Dry Suit. It looks really good, dude. It looks like they've also added like a lot of padding in the shoulder. Like, I wouldn't say it's padding, it looks to be like a more durable material for like carrying boats. Because I put, you know, we put our boats on our shoulder, you know, that's kind of kayakers do. We lay our boats on our shoulder and that rim's rubbing. It looks like they've kind of thought that out. Because these are all paddlers. Like, these are a lot of paddlers that work there, from what I understand, right? Yeah, I mean, so Stig is a paddler. The owner of Level 6 is a paddler. You know, Kevin, you know, the guy that's, you know, doing a lot of the, you know, products and stuff like that. He's a paddler. Uh, Pat Kinney is also a paddler, you know. Um, So they're full they're chocked full of paddlers as they're making decisions on equipment and yeah. and gear and things like that. They're, those guys are, are putting, you know, kind of like that mindset behind the gear, which is really cool. So it's, it's been neat to see those changes happening and, you know, hopefully they'll be able to continue to do well. Yeah. Looking so. at it, man, it looks really good. Like, and I love the colors. They, it looks like they've got it in like, I love bright colors on the river, you know, why somebody do a black dry suit is beyond me. <laughs> I mean, I I've owned a black dry suit. I know before. the devil's club is the one I'm talking about, but I, are. <laughs> I just, I'm, I just love those kind of very vibrant, you know, those neon green or really bright orange or yellow. I, I want to yeah. be seen, man. The, the level six stuff looks nice. And I know I was yeah. talking to Katie when she was down here and I've always been interested in those guys. I met them, I think one year they were at golly fest and they gave me a hat, but, um, yeah, I met those guys. Yeah. It looked like a really cool group of guys. They all seem really nice and very like uh, knowledgeable of the product and stuff. And, you know, I, yeah. I just love it when I meet paddlers that, you know, are doing things for the industry like level six is. So, yeah. So if everybody gets a chance, go over to the level six website and look at their skirts, um, their skirts and their dry suits. That's what I'm trying to find. Where's their skirts? I want to look at that. What you call it? The um... it's the ace spray skirt. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Um, wow, dude, it's 185 US. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you're right. That is yeah. a really good price point. <laughs> wow, yeah. from, stitched, from, a stitched yeah. ran. Just what Casey was going on about. They stitched the ran where a lot. I guess it's glued and stitched. I believe it would. What I, is this I'm, thing, my, Casey? That that's the implosion bar. Mm. So there's a sleeve that that. Implosion How big is bar your implosion come, bar? 
it's big enough. Um, Good enough. So <laughs> yeah, but there is a uh, there is a pocket that that thing slides in and out of, um, you know, underneath the bottom of the spray deck. So we won't play all that. But... No, it, it dude, it, it looks nice. It looks like a nice piece of gear. Definitely, like I said, I, I just looked at what uh, Katie had on, and that's the first time they are available here in the U.S. They just don't have much of a foothold. A lot of people they're like, oh, uh, you know, uh, I ordered my NRS or my, you know, my IR or whatever, and they think that's their only options. These can easily yeah. be shipped out of Canada. Well, I think, you know, I think the thing too is like, you know, NRS, IR, they have brand recognition and level six definitely feels foreign to some people. Um, but I would say that the build quality is comparable to that NRS, you know, IR level of equipment for sure. So I can tell you that Katie likes her stuff. I mean, she's got you know, some dry tops and shorty dry tops that are a couple of years old that are still plenty dry, you know, and mm-hmm. for someone that paddles a lot, that's, that's saying something, you know, so. Yeah. Well, there you go. What, yeah. what, um, what helmet are you using right now? Oh man. So we, uh, I use, when I'm teaching, I'm using a sweet strutter because the river here is ultra, ultra wide and you cannot get out of the sun. So it's really nice to have the bill. Why don't um, you run the visor like I used to on your helmet? Like the cool kids uh, see, see, I'm not fast enough. I'm not fast enough to rock the moto look, you know? Um, but uh, you want to know why reason, I don't have a visor now? Because wait till you get worked you, in one good hole. Because you broke it. <laughs> like everybody does. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not buying another visor. You have to have a stockpile yeah. of those things. They break off no. way too easy. But, uh, you know, I... You know, I'd, I'd worn a rocker that I owned um, really good to helmet. teach in, and it's still the one that I prefer to paddle hard white water in. Mm-hmm. If I'm paddling harder white water, I'm definitely going to wear a rocker. But um, teaching the strutter because of its cut is just doesn't seem as like it's as as it's not as hot of a helmet to wear if you're in the sun all day. Yeah, um, you know, and so. Again, we're in a river that is known for being particularly safe in the way of environmental hazards. It's not very deep, yeah, or excuse me, it's very deep. It's not very shallow, mm-hmm. um, you know. So you you don't have the, you know, thought process of I'm going to hit my ro- head on a rock every time I flip over. Yeah. It's more of a, you know, I'm going to take the deepest lines, and I'll probably not touch a rock all day. It's going to be great. <laughs> awesome. A uh, random question: yeah. Do you wear nose plugs with your helmet? No, sir. No nose plugs. Why is that? Uh, you know, if you're getting worked in a big enough feature, they're going to come off. Mm. Okay. I wear nose plugs. I wear nose plugs when I loop. That's okay. That's fine. No, oh, okay. Every you... teach their own, teach their own. Oh, good answer. Damn it. I was trying to, I was trying to sucker him into going on about nose plugs. <laughs> no, I, I have, I, you know, I figured you'd be like, like the if... way you smell, you should wear nose plugs. No, man. I, I think if you're probably like learning how to roll and you're spending a lot of time upside down, it'd be mm-hmm. a great way to keep from having um, nose infections or nasal infections, but yeah, like, uh, definitely or sinus infections, excuse me, sinus infections. But, um, you know, I, I think for me, I, you know, I've always kind of had the strategy of humming while I'm underwater and I don't ever seem to get like that huge jet of water. Hmm, my nose. This is an interesting concept. So, Elaborate more yeah. on humming underwater. So when I upside down, if I'm play boating, I just kind of hum with my mouth closed and it creates a little bit of vibration and like a little air pocket in your nose and I don't get a lot of water up in it. 
this is a very interesting concept. I have not thought of this. You know what, what I normally do? I, 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 again, I can't take credit for it. This is something that uh, I learned from a good paddling friend, uh, Wayne Dickert. So he okay. used to run the NOC kayak school back when I was a kid. A guy named Wayne Dickert talking about humming. Hmm. Yep. Humming. Yeah. Okay. Humming. Well, there you yeah. go. The, what yeah. I normally do is just kind of like cinch up. And a lot of times I blow out like right when yeah. I'm getting worked. And that's yep. how I've been when I don't have it. I only run those plugs if I know I'm play boating all day, if I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. I mean, if I'm running a creek, I like being able to have that breathing through my yep. nose. I try not to get in a habit of mouth breathing, even though I might look like a yep. Neanderthal mouth breathing. I don't want <laughs> knuckle dragging mouth breathing. I like to breathe through my nose and out through my mouth. Yep. I don't like the fact and of having that closed off. And for me, you know, I think that's one other reason why I don't like wearing them is, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to catch my breath again. So yeah, I think uh, that you know, it it can promote that bad habit of like breathing through our mouths a lot of times. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're falling back over, uh, it's going to mean that you're getting a big breath of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, um, I guess we've went you know a little over an hour and something. Uh oh, he he cut yeah. me off again. There I didn't, didn't cut you off. I I got a, I got a low battery warning. Um, yeah. Uh oh. There we go. Yeah. yeah, man. I definitely, uh, Casey, man. I I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me here. I think. Um, yeah. Anything? Anything else you want? Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you got? Any I mean, secrets? Tell me a secret. Any secrets? Oh man. Uh, secrets. Uh, I don't like toe tethers. Don't go on about. It. Damn it. This guy needs toe tethers. Uh, yeah, like so you, tethers, so. yeah, I, I, let's say I, I do. Okay. For everybody out there, I like toe tethers. I just want you to use them properly. If yeah. you got them on Casey, does I'm just you... making, I'm, I, I'm just making fun of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the big, <laughs> I don't, I don't personally use one. I don't personally use one. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn how to use one properly and it can't be a, an exceptional tool. I, I am of the same opinion. I'm an exceptional you, tool. I know you are. <laughs> hey, what kind of vest um, are you running I'm, right now, buddy? So personally, in my personal time as I'm paddling, um, I'm wearing still a green jacket and or blue jacket. Um, okay. But, but uh, when I'm working, uh, we Explain what have, the blue jacket is. So the blue jacket is basically a green jacket without the uh, sewn-in uh, belt, like rescue quick-release mm -hmm. belt. Okay. And it also doesn't have that uh, webbing loop up front. And it's using uh, nylon material um, around the edges of, of the, you know, PFD. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I really don't think it's saving a ton of weight. But the design, the pockets, everything is the same. It's just different materials. And, and mm -hmm. some of the uh, features are not included with the vest. So you have to buy a quick release belt to go with it. Okay. Um, but it's probably so. cheaper. It's still cheaper to, to buy the blue jacket over the green yeah. jacket. And, uh, you know, I honestly prefer the colors that options that you get and you get the cool little Lotus logo on the back. That's that colored is so as cool. Well. Mine does have that. Yeah. It's awesome. Ain't yeah. it? so, kind of like a throwback. Yeah. I love that Lotus symbol yeah. on the back. So does level six make a, a jacket too? They don't No, So they, they don't make a PFD. They've partnered with a company called Salus or Salus up here. And they've done okay. like a special edition PFD for level six, but um, currently they don't make one. So. Okay. I was just curious. I was so, just curious. Yeah. I think I'd seen you last time I seen you. I think you still had your green jacket on. I didn't know if you 
went with some Canadian brand. What is it? Sailors? No, I've seen that brand a lot, by the way, that brand of life vest. Sailors? Yeah. So, yeah. So they, they, I think they're probably better known for like sailing and like leisure boating. Yeah. But um, they do make whitewater PFDs and, mm-hmm. and rescue PFDs as well. And you see them a lot up here and they, they look like good PFDs. I mean, I, I've never owned one or used one before, but again, it's, it's mainly just from a standpoint of I'm not familiar with it and it seems foreign. Right. So, yep. you know, right. I, and again, I will, I, I really like the fit of the astral jackets. I think they're great. And, you know, so with that, that's, you know, it's hard to want to move to other options out there, but you know, yeah, you it's what you get used that. to, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, so, and I, and I think you get a little bit of brand loyalty as well. Like my experience with like customer service with astral has always been really good. Um, you know, I think they've always been pretty fair through that process as well. So it's hard not to like people that, you know, mm-hmm. treat you well, especially <laughs> through that process, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the yeah. green jacket is one of the best jackets I've ever used. I mean, I'll contest that. I've been using the Coketac Hustler R here recently. Yeah. So I do still yeah. go back and forth to my green jacket and that Coketac. They both have their plus and minuses. And I will do like a yeah. comparison video. But um, yeah. the new Coca Tech's really good. I don't know if you've tried out any I, of those. I haven't worn it, or excuse me, I've worn it. I haven't paddled in it. Um, but just in wearing it, I could tell that it's going to be a good PFD. You know, it, it, usually you get a pretty good sense when you put something on and if you're going to like it or not. And so, like, there are definitely, there's definitely been times where I put on PFDs and I took them right off. And I was like, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I've, I've been there on that, buddy. Yeah, because they, I think they learn from that, you know, that Transformer Optimus Prime or whatever that that one they had oh you know it looked terrible funny and the funny thing is is i think there are people that really do like it i think it's just it just looks like overkill to me well i you know i think the thing is too is you have to think about a person's body habits what are what are they shaped like right and i have a short torso and so having a short torso that pfd sits right up in my underneath my chin you know uh, and so I think that's where Coquitat ace their new design is that it's not sitting up in your chin. If you have a short torso, cause you yeah. have some people that might be five, two, but will have long torsos and that PFD will fit really well. But then you might have somebody that's like six foot like myself, but most of their height comes from their legs. Right. And mm-hmm. so a PFD, like the green jacket that fits low that you can tighten down low. And has a lot of different adjustment points. It keeps it out of your face and chest area. Is really nice to wear and feels a little bit more nimble it, and more, is it, more low it's, profile. It's really good. The adjustment uh, that is true. The adjustment on the yeah. green jacket. It's like that's kind of like their signature. They're kind of known yeah. for that. They have so much the up and down adjustment, the pulling, everything just adjusts really well on it. Yeah. So I think the only qualm with the the uh, green jacket is potentially the fact that it, it has the same amount of flotation in each of the different sizes, right? Like if you're, you know, a small, you know, small medium type person, you're going to have the same flotation as the person who's wearing that. Explain that. Size. What do you, what do you mean? Same. So same. the, the, the Paul, the pounds of flotation within the PFD is the same. So it, I think it's like roughly 18 pounds of flotation or something akin to that. Or sixteen point five, yeah, there you go, sixteen point five. But that's the that is across all the different sizes. Oh wow, I see what you're saying. So it's sixteen point five. If I'm a small, medium, medium, large, large, extra large. If I'm a large, extra large, I would need a little more than sixteen point five, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I you know, and and who knows how much you actually need? But I think that could be the only qualm that you actually could have with the green jacket. And you know, I'm not sure if the hub 
wrestler does the same, you know, with their pounds of flotation. And I, I, you know, and I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. I don't have, you know, uh, there's, there's that Lotus logo. I like it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do too. But, uh, you know, so I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, life jacket or PFD designer. So I don't, I don't know much about the, the pounds of flotation, but I have definitely heard people within the industry that do have a fair amount of knowledge say that that is a qualm that they have with that PFD. And you know, so that, that's definitely something that's always stuck out to me. And I know for certain that the, um, the Optimus or the, the Maximus Prime, I think is what it's called uh, by Kokutat does change the amount yeah. of flotation per size. So, and I think that that, that is something that could be addressed or should be addressed for sure. Yeah. Cause I so, mean, again, you're, you're the size of the person that it's supposed to be floating will change. So that, is, that, that's a, that's a good, that's actually a good point, dude. And not a lot of people think about, I mean, I'd like to get someone from Astron and kind of like break that down for us. That'd be nice to get someone from an actual like life S maker to see yeah. like, and see what their thinking was because you got a good point, you know, 16.5 and maybe that's just the kind of like the minimal you can get away for coast guard approved or something. I really don't know a lot about yeah. it. I'm familiar with it. Probably like yourself, I'm familiar with it, but I don't know a lot about like how the coast guard approval system works and the different sizings on the life, different flotation and all that. I don't know. Right. But I, but for whatever reason, the number eighteen is sticking out in my head uh, for like the larger sizes of the Coquitat PFD, and so, or or something akin to that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I I think that, uh, and then you also have to take into consideration what are you keeping in the PFD as well, like what kind of safety gear do you have, how heavy is it, like that also is going to affect that how is, well it floats. Yeah. As well. How much? How so, much crap? You know, you guys that are putting beer cans and you know full on beer and all that down in your you know, you don't promote beer drinking on the river. I know. I, I don't, uh, I am not part of team Tecate. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, Hey man, let's not get those guys fired up. They'll light my DMS up before this episode's over. Um, <laughs> but they're all good guys. They're all good guys. They're funny. I'd like to get them on just for, the, funny. just for the comedic aspect, buddy. Um, it will be, it will be one of your better, uh, one of your better episodes. I have no doubt. So yeah, I guess- I'm looking, I'm looking over and it looks like the. Yeah. So buoyancy is at 16. 16. Wow. Oh, it's 16 all the way across. Okay. Dude, interesting. That is very interesting. interesting. What I have pulled up here for everybody, you know, listen, I pulled up the Coke attack. This is the Coke attack hustler rescue vest. And, you know, on Casey's point there now, the Optimus prime might've been different, but the vest does the same thing. And it's actually 0.5 pounds lighter flotation they've got 16 16 even up to extra large so this is something this you know you brought up an interesting thing here because this is something i'd like to dig deeper in with someone in the life vest industry right and i'm thinking hmm, uh, okay. okay yeah let's see what let's see what the hell's going on with these coca tech vests <laughs> but yeah but, no I, I i would be curious to see what that answer would be as well and and again you know, it's probably as simple as having a conversation with someone to be able to provide that information. It's just something I'm not familiar with. So, yeah, but well, I've right. definitely heard. So, yeah, well, man, I'm not going to keep any more of your time. I think we're going around two hours total. So, you know, this will <laughs> all be interesting, but I could talk to you for hours. Like I can, man, you've definitely, you're a wealth of information. You're, you're like an encyclopedia. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Maybe. know about all that, man, but, well, uh, 
<laughs> I'm like I'm like the encyclopedia of a lot of useless knowledge. I'm like that guy. Me, that me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you the fuel tank on a '96 Taurus. <laughs> Nice. And it's I'm, like, glad, I'm glad you can tell me that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we, yeah, we really need to know that. Well, man, uh, Casey, man, it was good talking to you again, buddy. And I appreciate you coming on. Any Anything you want to say? Any closing thoughts or anything? Oh, man, uh, come to the Ottawa River. It's, uh, you I'm know, booked. if you, if you want to play on big water, uh, again, like, you know, I, I think one of the things that gets overlooked here because you hear the statement time and time again uh, is that this river is the best freestyle river in the world. Um, the river running, it's exceptional as well. Uh, there are moves that I guarantee that most paddlers will not hit every time. Awesome. It just, it's, it's, uh, it's a very different style of kayaking and it's a, it's a very neat thing that you can do. And you know, the, the fact is, is the river is an hour and a half away from Ottawa. So catching a flight to Ottawa from the U S is very easy. Uh, you know, flying out of Atlanta, it's roughly, a I don't know, like a three hour flight or something like that. Wow. I don't know. I think it's somewhere around 70 to 80 cents on the dollar. All right. Pick to, me up uh, in Ottawa. Canada Plain, well. I'm, I'm booking a ticket actually on the air right now. I'm going to book okay, a ticket. Very cool. Yeah. So if you book that, t- if you book that ticket, I'll let you come on up. <laughs> All right, man. Any, anything else? Yeah. I definitely agree with you that the Ottawa, you know, is one of those top freestyle destinations in the world. And even if you're not a yeah. freestyle paddler, it, uh, I always recommend tr- people try to get on some big water. I love paddling big water. I love, I love it when I can put a full blade in the water, Casey. Wade, you can put a full blade in the water and never take it out to an entire rapid and not touch any rocks. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You can just sit there and feather it forward and backwards. Crossbow switches. Can we do some crossbow switches? Listen, crossbow switches are so clean here because you never get to hit a rock. There we go. All right, Casey, man, I'm going to go ahead and jump off here and let you get back to it. Um, uh, Cheers. Thanks a lot, man. It's nice talking to you and everybody. This is Casey Jones and, um, you can check him out on YouTube, maybe if you'll get him to post more, um, uh, Instagram and Facebook and Wilderness yep. Tours. So, yeah, thanks yep. a lot, Casey. Nice talking to you, buddy. Talk All to right. you later, man. Good talking to you, too. All right, see you, buddy.